Hello and welcome to the latest episode of The Big Review Ski. My name is Rory Cashin and this week is a very special week. It is the Elvis special. So, Elvis comes from director Baz Luhrmann, who is one of those directors who, if you love him, then you really, really, really love him because he gave us the likes of Strictly Ballroom, he gave us Moulin Rouge, he gave us The Great Gatsby, he gave us Romeo and Juliet. And now he's giving us Elvis starring Austin Butler. And I know it's very early in the year to be talking about this, but I would be shocked if Austin Butler doesn't at least get a nomination from the Oscars for his performance in this because he is tremendous. And he's joined on screen by none other than Mr. Tom Hanks playing uh, Colonel Tom Parker, who is... Yeah, the movie has opinions on, on Mr. Parker and whether or not we're to believe everything he said or did... I guess that's that's kind of up to you, the viewer. Up first, you're going to hear from the movie's director and co-writer Baz Luhrmann, who makes some very strong comparisons between Austin Butler and the time he pretty much discovered or renewed Leonardo DiCaprio's career with Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, like if you're going to make some comparisons, you may as well make them to some of, if not the best young actor in the world today. So here, up first, Baz Luhrmann on Elvis. Hey, Rory. How are you, man? I'm not bad, Baz. How are you? Pretty good. I mean, you know, these things are really paradoxical. You go between going, well, on the one hand, I'm going to go out and see friends I haven't seen for three years and, you know, nice dinners and you see people react to the movie. And on the other hand, it's a bit like weird shock therapy, you know. <laughs> I, I I can kind of appreciate and understand the mentality. Yeah. Um. First of all, congratulations on the movie. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, it's such a like just I was absolutely blown away by the scale and the scope of it. To be honest, um, for an undertaking of this size. What is the first day like? Is it important to you what you're doing on the first day? Because that sets the tone of how the rest of the production is going to go. You know, Rory, um, I've done this long enough to know that first days usually are, I don't know if I can use an expletive, but let's say you can. expletive, right? Um, but this first day was unlike any other because we were two days away from our first day after training and training in Austin, just killing himself and Tom and everyone all G'd up. And then some guy comes up and says, I think Tom has that flu thing. And as you know, he was one of the first people in the world who was famous to get COVID. And says as he coughs, you know, like. Um, but so then our first day was put off. Maybe the film's going to go away. I had to fight tooth and nail to keep it going. Tom comes back. Austin. Austin, what can I say? just keeps going, refuses to let it go, keeps walking on beaches, yelling into the surf with Elvis's voice, keeps training like a mad person. And the first thing I think we shot was him doing the leather comeback special scene. And you know in Candy on the Night, when he, that came on. I mean, I've done Can since I was a kid. Um, the audience broke into just crazy applause. I mean, genuinely like like they were at an Elvis concert. And these are like not all oldies. Mm. And 
it was so long it covered the next bit of dialogue and i thought like oh i should have left the pause you know but that's not normal i mean first days of shooting are usually just just you throw it away because everyone's so nervous we all bungle over each other and i think the tension was so great and us was so like wound up like when you see him perform that that leather comeback bit you know that isn't fake those audience reactions they they those extras are just losing their freaking minds <laughs> i like yeah when, when that scene happened in the in the in the cinema as well like it just completely hammered home the the talent that he has like it just it, it's the highest compliment i can give where i'm like i'm actually not watching rec- our rock uh, documentary or recreated footage like it's performed but it didn't feel that way it did it, it feel a certain there was a certain kind of magic whenever he was performing as Elvis and I know how this is going to sound but I was enjoying the parallel of uh, Elvis being brought forward into the world and I think this movie is going to do the same for Austin I think uh, this is going to shoot him into the same level of stratosphere like stratosphere kind of uh, popularity you know what? I think you're hitting on a very interesting vein. Look, it happened to me once before, and I never thought it would happen again. Um, I had a young actor with me, and I was 29, maybe I was 30, and I I was trying to trying to find how to do a modern Shakespeare, and we were sitting on the set in Mexico, and I was reading him a script about a big boat that hits a chunk of ice and sinks. And he's going like, I can't do this. It's got ghosts in it. Um, and then this really happened. We made the film. It was called Romeo and Juliet. And we were in London. We were in London on the PR tour, just like now. And we were crossing a road. And there were girls screaming, just yelling like screaming. And I'm starting to see it happen with Austin. And I think the, the, the incredible parallels between Austin, I mean, his own journey, losing his mom at the same year as as Elvis, that there's there's, there's some sort of spiritual, like Austin is like that anyway. He's got this incredible, vulnerable heart. He's sort of robust, he's strong, but um, he has an effect on, even before anyone knew who he was, we were in Nashville recording in churches and stuff. And I remember we went to a cafe just on the side of the road and a waitress came out and was asking. He just looked up and there's this famous photo of Elvis at a cafe. And he just asked for the coffee in the nicest way. And, you know, always makes people feel the only person in the room. He, he doesn't try to do it. He just does. And um, it reminded me of that photo. He has this effect on people, not just girls, but everyone. They just love him. I mean, they, they just do. Yeah, like it, it, it comes across on the screen. There is a, uh, like it doesn't in an innate likability that comes like a charisma that doesn't seem yeah. in any way harmful at all. Like it just, you, I you do can't manufacture it. it. I mean, I'm not, yeah. I don't have any, like I'm old enough and done enough. I don't need to be out there going like, Austin Barber has charisma. Like you cannot manufacture that. It's just happened. 
I mean, I, even the fact that I found him, I just never thought I'd find somebody to play Elvis. But I, but it's Austin Elvis, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. what he's managed to do, and even why Priscilla is so on board with his performance, is he's humanized Elvis. And you can't tell where Austin begins and Elvis stops. You know, there's some simpatico between the spirit of the two people. For this, um, obviously you had uh, the get down in between, but it's actually been nine years since yeah. The Great Gatsby. Uh, what is it about specific projects, not necessarily this one in particular, but maybe this one in particular that you're like, this is what I'm deciding to do next? Well, I was working on my Chinese film um, and there was a time when Warner's sort of went off and bought the rights to Elvis. I never said I was doing it. I've always been interested. See, I'm not into doing a biopic. I wanted to, I use the life of someone to explore a big idea. But but then when this whole idea of the snowman, the more I read about snow jobs, snowmen, now snowing, which is Colonel Tom Parker, never Colonel, never Tom, never Parker. The idea that this guy could, could actually like sort of tell lies, right? And pull the wool over your eyes, charge you for it. And yet you like it. You know, it became quite a thing. Like it was very present in our world, you know, mm. the carnival barker, the, you know, the snow job, the snowman. And I thought that's the way in. And then I, that's what I thought, you know, like Amadeus, who knows who Salieri is, right? But he's actually the star of the show, right? Mozart, he talks all about this guy, Mozart. And that film's about jealousy. So then I went like, ah, oh, this could be good in this world we're in today to see, you know, snow jobbing, snowmen, you know, watch out. And because they can really sell you on stuff. They can, and they're funny and they seem lovable, big, cuddly, lovable bears. But in the end, you know, the colonel will say, hey, I didn't kill Elvis. The reason I picked up the phone the moment he died and said, print more records was because you wanted the records. You know, the ability to flick a truth, a half-truth, you know, like there's a sociopathic quality to that. And just one last one, if that's okay. <clears throat> um, all your films have such an ear for music, uh, c- constantly current music. And this as well, like the, the second you implemented Doja into the into the film, I was like, oh my God, that's, that's such a great anachronistic kind of usage of that music. What... Is it, I guess, specifically about Doja or modern music that you're like, they're who I want for this project? Yeah, see, I, yeah, exactly. I'm trying to get the balance right. I mean, Austin sings all the young Elvis, which is remarkable. But you take the Doja. Look, when Big Mama Thornton sings, you ain't nothing but a hound dog. What she's really saying in the language of the day is, you ain't nothing but a hound dog. Go, don't go out and expletive with other people come back scratching at my door and expect to expletive with me. You can expletive hit the road, Jack. But no matter what I do, the words written by two Jewish guys, Libra and Stola, right? No matter what I do with that song, you're not going to get that it's street. It's kind of pretty nasty street language. Doja does pretty good nasty street language. She translates it. It's a, It's not, we're not saying she's Big Mama Thornton. She's a translator. Dog, you know you know, player, no, but I mean, the, 
the um the one that isn't PC, the one that's got the real language in it, you know, is is as hard as languaged as the original. Yeah. Fantastic. Baz, I could talk to you all day about this film, but uh, unfortunately time is kind of Thank you so much for your time today. So that was the legendary Baz Luhrmann talking all about Elvis. And up next, we're talking to Elvis himself, kind of. It's Mr. Austin Butler who plays Elvis Presley in this new biopic. Austin has had some small roles in some small movies and some average-sized roles in some average-sized movies, but this is a big role in a big movie, and this is the one that's going to firmly plant him in Hollywood, so much so that he's already been signed up for Dune Part 2 and a number of other huge blockbusters uh, that will be coming in the not-too-distant future. We chat to him here about the the kind of full-body experience that must go into playing Elvis Presley, who was not a man who just kind of stood there and sang. He put his whole body into everything that he did. And Austin also reveals some time spent with some of Ireland's most loved and most talented young actors. So yeah, stick around for that. Here's Austin Butler chatting Elvis. Austin, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing very well. It's a pleasure. Congratulations on the movie, first of all. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed it and have to commend, cannot give enough praise to your performance in this. Um, uh, This, it's epic. The the size, the scope of it, the scale of it. Um, What was your very first day on set like? My very first day on set was uh, um, really surreal. So the first thing that I actually filmed, uh, the first scene was uh, the scene at the Hollywood sign. Uh, And it's this pivotal moment in the movie. And the set was enormous. And it it was it was uh, this massive stage and. uh, and so, yeah, it was, it was really, you're always nervous your first day. And, and so we, you know, but thankfully we had a lot of time. And, uh, and so that was, that was my first day. And then the first performance was 68 special and that was the next oh, wow. day. So I went <laughs> right into the black leather and went into that. Um, for, I guess like when you see the black leather, um, and I mean this with, with like, with all the heart in the world, the first thing I think of is Ross from Friends when he tries on. I've heard that a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't actually um, seen that episode. I oh, got, you should check it out. You know, I feel like I've really missed out on so much Friends. I, I uh, yeah, I gotta watch that. Uh, well, you can even like there's a there's a clip on YouTube and it's him okay. trying on uh, black letter pants for the first yeah. time ever. Uh, he's got like baby powder or something. Yeah, because yeah, he's he's sweating while he's in them, and your performance of this is so physical that you like from from what we see on screen anyway. Like you're putting your whole body, your whole physicality is into it. Um, like I guess at the end of the day, you're like uh, like properly pulling those leather pants off. Yeah, yeah, I I, <laughs> I really uh, yeah. The end of those days, I I I was very sore. Uh, you know, I I was very uh. Yeah, the, uh, the, you know, I'd go home and I, I, I'd take an Epsom salt bath or something like that because my body was just very, very beat up. But uh, yeah, Elvis, uh, the story goes that they had to sew him into the black leather. And as, you know, he, he sweats a lot and, and and it was it was really hot on stage. And uh, and so by the end, it, it all, 
expanded and and so he, he needed to be cut out of the leather <laughs> at the end of it that's the story yeah. um was there one specific thing i guess um that you weren't aware of when you started this project that you learned about elvis that you were kind of surprised by that you maybe think like even general audiences might not be aware of there were so many things. I, I, one of them was that he, he was a shy kid and he had stage fright. His stage fright all throughout his career. Uh, so you, when, when I look at somebody who's as magnetic as he was, you, you don't, I didn't expect that he would feel that type of fear. And, uh, and so that was really liberating for me to know that all of the pressure that I was feeling, the responsibility and the fear that I had was okay. You know, so, so, cause he was feeling the same thing. And just one last question, if that's okay, since I am yeah, calling absolutely. from Ireland, um, yeah. I was looking at your upcoming CV and on there is Masters of the Air and we've yeah. got our very own Mr. Barry Kogan in there. Yeah, Barry. Uh, yeah. I've, did you get to work with him on that? Yeah, yeah. We spent a lot of time together. Yeah, he's How's that going? together. We 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 did a lot together. Yeah, he's, you were boxing uh, with Barry. Yeah, yeah, we boxed. We boxed quite a bit actually, and um, he's a he's he's such a sweetheart. Uh, yeah, I really I really enjoyed my time with him, Barry and and Fiona Fiona Shea. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So so both of them, Fiona. Well, after he finished filming, he came down and and lived with me for a bit in London because. He, he had a meeting and and then another meeting and so I was just like come stay at my flat I got another apart I got another room so uh yeah I've got a lot of Irish people my my agent's Irish and he's been my friend since I was 17 so I got a lot of Irish people that are very close to me have you been over yet I haven't I haven't had the chance to yet I can't wait to go official like, invitation. me around yeah, yeah, well, you've got so many people, but I, I will be there. I'll be there with Barry and Fiona to show you all the, the best spots. Oh, Thank you, man. So that was Mr. Austin Butler. And just before him, we had the legendary Baz Luhrmann both chatting about their brand new, huge in scope music biopic, Elvis, which arrives in Irish cinemas on Friday, 24th of June. If you're a fan of the music, if you're a fan of the man, if you're a fan of Baz Luhrmann, if you're a fan of really good performances there's definitely something here for everyone uh you know if you just want to see a big big movie on the big screen yeah like baz baz delivers whether it's going to be to your taste or not you know that's that's for you to decide thank you so much for listening and thank you so much to everyone who has already subscribed to the big review ski if you haven't please do hit the subscribe button and then no matter where you get your podcasts you'll be told Every single week, when brand new episodes arrive, when we're here chatting to some of the biggest names in Hollywood and everywhere else in the movie-making world, and TV world, of course, too. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back very soon. Goodbye. <laughs>